welcome to the JudoCast Deep Dive. Welcome to JudoCast. In today's co-hosted episode, we're talking about Adaptations and Adaptation by Spike Jones. I'm co-hosted with What Are We Wearing Today host, Gabriel, and Iron Sharpens Iron host, Anders. Hi, my name is Gabe from What Are We Wearing Today? Hi, my name's Anders. I'm the host of Iron Sharpens Iron podcast. It's Jude from JudoCast. And today, the main focus of our podcast episode will be what makes a good adaptation. What is an adaptation? Well, it's the action or process of being adapted or adapted. But that's pretty one-dimensional. Guys, what do you think it is? Uh, I would say an adaptation is turning one piece of media uh, and creating another piece of media to complicate to complement it. That's good. I also think what makes a good adaptation is a good adaptation must build upon work, and you can't just copy it. Yeah, and it provides better than what the reader, like if there's a book, it provides better than what they could imagine. Of course. up to their expectations. One is but what, what do you guys think the purpose of ad- adaptations are? Like, why, why do you guys think they're made? More content that the people love of that story. Yeah. <laughs> Would you guys consider a spin-off an adaptation? Like a spin-off of a TV show? Would you guys consider that an adaptation? A spin-off is something from an already existing property. So, uh, an adaptation is something... I mean, while one purpose is to complement it, another is uh, yeah, to show sense. it in a new medium and... At that point, it's already in a new Another thing about um, an adaptation, it needs to help promote the original. And by doing that, it needs to keep the core aspects and the mood and the theme of the original or what you're adapting. But again, you have to change it in some way, whether you're changing the setting, the characters, yeah, and if it's also like to make it film, not just a straight copy. Then you'll have the ability to talk to like the original author. There's many things in stories that can be interpreted the wrong way or differently by different people. And if they don't have the, like, the same uh, idea of how the story should go. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes yep. with adaptations, it doesn't even have to be seen in the same contact context it can be shown in different ways for instance one of my favorite adaptations is uh 2019's little women by greta gerwig and it really changes from the book in the way that it's non-linear so the beginning and the end aren't exactly in the same place and sometimes you can't tell what aspects of the story are uh happening in the real world or exactly a dream but i think uh, recontextualizing it and putting something in so that it's more interesting and it's not the same yeah. old and tired like stories that we see. Are talking about or redoing or doing an adaptation on is so important because if you don't have enough 
care for the story. Yeah, that, 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 that's a good as point. Best as you could. And like lots of memories and personal beliefs hold back even adapting it. I. Yeah, I completely agree. And, th- and there's also that certain that that stigma that some of the creators or the producers of the adaptations use that like there's some key thing that they would like to add to that to you the know, adaptation they're making that makes it like that much bigger or better. What to do and how to make it the best. Can... After discussing adaptations and what we thought about them and the concepts that we think they should have. We decided to discuss the two most recent adaptations of William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Baz Luhrmann's 1996 Romeo plus Juliet and Franco Zeffirelli's 1968 Romeo and Juliet. Now, what do you guys think makes makes these two considerable adaptions? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, we were talking about like historical perspective and how the events at the time shaped the movies. Like the 1968 and 90, 1996 ones are completely different. Not just the like how they present it, but the ideas and how the 1968 one has less violence because it was a time of peace and uh, protest. Yeah, that's a good point there, especially because I think you guys remember talking in class about the 1968 and the year that changed America, that really changed the whole world with all the protests and like all the killings. Martin Luther King was killed um, in 1968. Bobby... um, What's his name? Bobby Kennedy was killed there as well in 1968. And so, yeah, I can agree with that. They wanted to keep the violence and more the drama because I feel like the people had too much drama that year. So they wanted to keep it at a minimum and just, like, have a more classical take on Romeo and Juliet. I also feel like Shakespeare kind of took a historical perspective because the Capulets and Montague were actually real families. And they existed, but the Capulet actually <laughs> weren't around when Shakespeare yeah. wrote the play. So he had to take some idea of a historical perspective on what he was talking about. Fair enough. Jude, what do you think? Uh, personally, I think that the 1968 version uh, in regards to adaptations isn't really the best because it follows it too much. It follows it so much to a T that all the attitudes and all the writings that were in the original, <clears throat> they aren't really uh, adapted to an audience, per se. Like, uh, in my personal opinion, I think the characters, since they're exactly like the same attitudes <clears throat> as they were then, uh, <clears throat> the pacing isn't the best, and... Uh, I also think that some of the character development could have gone a bit better, but I think it's a good th- it's a good uh, show of the times and uh, a good perspective on what 1968 was like and how they viewed that material. I'd have to agree with you, but also disagree with you. I can agree with you on like the character development and how the whole plot of the movie was kind of slow compared to the 1996 version. 
Yeah. But I feel like the reason he didn't, he kept the, um, Franco Zeffelli kept the plot much closer to Shakespeare's original play was because, as you said earlier, what was going on in 1968. And I feel like just if he had made a movie with, like, more dramatized and, like, all that stuff, then it just, it wouldn't have had more as much traction because that year already was a horrible year. And if he just made, like, a pretty much a horror show of people getting killed left, right, center, I don't think the audience would like that. Future Jude here. I just wanted to say that I kind of still disagree with Gabe's point here as some of the biggest and most highly regarded movies of 1968 were a bit violent, from Night of the Living Dead and Once Upon a Time in the West to Bullet by Steve McQueen, uh, which is widely seen as one of the best action movies of all time. On the topic of adaptations, I think... Uh, one of the most unique and one of the most interesting to its medium is 2002's adaptation by Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman. Uh, the film is based off of, I kind of want to say loosely based, but also kind of not. Uh, it's based off of the film, uh, based off of the book The Orchid Thief by Susan Orlean. And the plot of the movie... Uh, kind of mirrors the plot of The Orchid Thief, but it also mirrors the writer, the screenwriter of the film, Charlie Kaufman, trying to adapt it, and he's played by uh, Nicolas Cage. It's a very great film. Yeah, no, surprisingly interesting. And actually, it could have actually showed a lot of points of how to not do something. Like, there was lots of points where Nicolas Cage was procrastinated in, or I shouldn't say Kaufman, but an actor. Uh, he was procrastinating, he was uh, being harsh to his brother. So you can take a lot of points out of this. He went to the uh, seminar and learned a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, well, from what the interviews I've read about the film's development, um, the author of the book, Susan Orlean, wasn't 100% on how she was being portrayed, and then she saw how Kaufman was being portrayed, and, uh, I think it's a satire on a lot of things, and it's really interesting, and, I mean, I think it was also at a big moment in his career, coming off of, uh, what's it called, Being John Malkovich, which is also just a, one of my favorite films. It's really interesting. And um, I think it handles the topic in a really unique way. And I think uh, the self-hatred and hatred of his brother is some of the more ironic and satire parts of the film. And yeah. Well, that's all I have to say on to this episode of Judocast Deep Dive about adaptations. See ya on the next episode.